0: Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take go Gosh, I'm feeling
1: really chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like
0: vampires.
1: Take a stand and say they're not good. not It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh,
0: the ice cream bar is this way. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Hi, Rex. Hi, Josh. So today, can you imagine we're reviewing an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? We are? That's right. Guess what else? It's almost like... We haven't done this every week for a year. It's exactly like that, though, because that's exactly what we've done. (laughs) How many drugs are you on? Only one. The correct answer is not nearly enough. For instance, I'm not nearly drunk enough for this, but I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's always the goal. That's my new catchphrase. But I'm working on it. Hey, that Josh guy. He's like the new Fonz. That's what people say as I walk by. Every no day one says that. Every day, Rats. No one says that. So we're reviewing episode nineteen of season three. I believe it is called Choices. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> and yeah, there are so many choices in this episode that they make, and that cause this episode to be named Choices. Like I can't even think of one because there's just so many. Can you think of any wrecks? Yes. (laughs) I guess that's just because you're, you know, like more pay attention y (laughs) than I ever was. Way to devise a Xander line. On the yesterday, (laughs) because like, that's what I did yesterday was I watched this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Yeah, I know. I fucked up recording. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, just, you know, make a daily list and burn it. (laughs) Throw some salt over your shoulder or something. I don't know.
1: That's pretty much what ADHD is. Make a list. Burn it. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. You get more use out of the fire. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) Fire.
0: The world's on fire. This is fine. Yeah. We should go on vacation to the Amazon. Just set up a little picnic table. This is fine. This is nice.
1: That's so not fine. (laughs) This is not fine. I'm not okay. And yet, we go about our daily lives. Let's go back to happier times and think about the late 90s. Much, much happier times. How do you recommend we go about that, Rex? By starting with a
0: mom synopsis. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Are you having happy times? Is this what you're doing with your life? Is this what's going to make you happy? Watching 90s television shows by yourself and without your mother? Well, I mean, there's a start in there somewhere. So what's going on? Why are those large beetles eating everybody's faces? Well, it's probably because there's an infinite box of ooey gooey scuttlebutt creature thingies that everybody's chasing after this episode the mayor needs it for his ascension and uh, buffy decides that if she's ever gonna go to college and you know put herself into crippling debt so that she can spend the rest of her life trying to get out of it <laughs> then damn it she needs to get this mayor thing taken the fuck care of so that she can get on with that well, I guess by that rubric, you're doing pretty well with your life, Joshua. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess I am. <laughs> Ten years after graduation, still have I've only paid off like $400 worth of like 80 grand worth of student loans. It's kind of impressive.
1: Isn't that the American dream?
0: All right, tell me more about these scuttlebutts. Yes. So the whole scuba gang puts together this really cool operation real fast and they go steal this box that the mayor uh, had delivered from I don't know fucking wherever and they dip in through the roof all Mission Impossible style and steal it but then they steal Willow and then they have to trade back and they do trade back but not without the scuttlebutts getting out of the box and luckily they're really easy to kill and Snyder's an asshole then they say some stuff and that's the episode Yes. yeah pretty much Cold open. Ladies, gentlemen,
1: spiny-headed-looking
0: creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, vamp, vamp, As soon as the
1: sun goes down, vamp, vamp, Competition is a beautiful thing. Cold open to the mayor's office, where the mayor's gotten Faith a present. Yeah, isn't that nice of him? But he... Very quickly, actually, kind of reprimands her for being spoiled. Yeah, a little bit. She gets kind of catty.
0: She's like, What, do you want me to move a couch for you next? And he's like, Now listen there, little lady. It sounds like somebody's getting a little spoiled. Why don't I just take that gift back? And she's like, No, eh, it's mine. You can't
1: have it. It's all righty then. And the gift happens to be the most cheap-looking, got-it-out-of-a-catalog fucking knife I've ever seen. I was going to say from, uh, from a Ren fair, Right? One of those tents at a Ren fair. This is one of those really shitty knives that hard air quotes, looks badass. Yeah. Because it's all curvy and has extra points and shit. And the no, blade's real this wide. Is, oh, fuck. This is an awful fucking knife. It's not badass. It's stupid looking. <laughs> the fucking Klingon knives look better.
0: Yeah, I just, I was like, okay, if that's what you're into, I feel like I should be like, whoa, but I'm not. No,
1: even even better, even better. The fucking Green Ranger flute knife looked more realistic <laughs> and dangerous than this knife did. Oh, shots <laughs> fired. Damn. Jason, are you going to take that shit?
0: That was Jason, right? I never fucking watched (laughs) the fucking Power Rangers.
1: Jason was the Red Ranger, I believe. I think the Green Ranger was... Tommy? Tommy, yes. The Green Ranger was Tommy.
0: Anyway, so he's sending her off to the airport to pick up this package delivery, I guess. And she's like, what's so important about it? And it's like, Faith, shut up. He told you to do something, he's invulnerable, and this is kind of what you decided to do with your life. So just fucking do
1: it already. Like, he's, he's your boss. Yeah, exactly. He gave you a really fucking swanky apartment. Yeah. You're not paying rent. But
0: he still, you know, throws her a bone, and he's like, well... Uh, it's a lot like these chocolate chips are in this cookie. Without them, it'd be a real disappointment.
1: <laughs> if only you could see my face right now. You actually sound like Ernest. Yeah, mocking the mayor. That's
0: what I was channeling, actually, <laughs> a little bit. You did that <laughs> well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. So anyway, yeah, she opens the gift. We already said that. And it's that stupid knife that we spent like five minutes talking about. My
1: favorite thing, though, is the closing line here. He says, and you be careful not to put somebody's eye out with that thing until I tell you to. Until I tell you to. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's evil. He's evil. Evil. Cut to the graveyard where Buffy and Angel are fighting some vampires. Boy, they sure are. It's a pretty run of the mill fight. They dust them both. And then they start talking about feelings. <laughs> I like I
0: like what they did with this again again with the subversion. Oi, look what they did! Because Buffy's like, you never take me any place new, and Angel wittily quips in response, "What about that fire demon nest? Oh it- come on,
1: say it in the fucking angel voice. Do it properly." <laughs> That wasn't nearly broody enough. My apologies. (laughs) Excuse me,
0: I need to get into my broody mode. What about that fire demon nest in the cave by the beach? I felt that was a nice change of pace. That was much better. That was some... Oh, ooh, (laughs) ooh. I'm just going to take a moment to rub my nipples.
1: Oh, God. Ew. Not again. I'm
0: so sorry. We
1: oh, talked about this last time. I feel so guilty right now.
0: <laughs> I love Do it. Do that on your own time. This is my own time. Until you, the listener, start paying me. Well, I guess... There the, are
1: a few listeners who are paying
0: us. We are getting a few listeners who yeah. are paying us. And to you specifically, I apologize for rubbing my nipples on your <laughs> clock. <laughs> Um, can we can we add that to our merchandise? <laughs> Nipple clocks. Gender neutral.
1: Oh, no, we, are they male
0: nipples or are they female nipples? That's up to no, you to decide.
1: We need to get some pasties. <laughs> that cover nipples that are clocks.
0: Sold separately. <laughs> Nipple
1: clocks. Oh god. And clock pasties. Oh oh oh. So I have I have a friend who is a burlesque dancer. And oh, God. No, this is great. I found, I randomly came across this gif on social media and I sent it to her. And her and I have decided that the next performance that she puts together, she's going to get those giant fucking 10 inch large googly eyes and tape them to her ass. <laughs> so when she twerks, they spin. Yes! <laughs> oh, man.
0: I mean, we're like three tiers off subject now, but you know what? That was worth it. Yeah. That's fucking worth it. Okay. I will be subjecting just, you all to that in the editing room.
1: Just, yeah, seriously. Googly eye <laughs> butt twerking, or just Google that. You'll probably find it. It's fucking
0: hilarious. Ironically, if you Google googly eyes. Anyway, Um, so... <laughs> They're talking about fun, fancy places that they can go. And they're like, or, or, yeah, Buffy's like, well, what's it going to be like when I'm 50 and you're still the same age? And I'm like, hey, just because he still looks the same doesn't mean he's not older. Yeah. But I get what she's saying. You know, he's he's immortal. That's, that's What are you doing? An immortal with a
1: mortal. That doesn't work. One of you's got to either stop being immortal or start being immortal. And the only way the Angel can stop being immortal is being dead. Yeah, pretty much. You, you can't really go back from vampirism. No.
0: Once you go vamp, you never go not vamp. <laughs> I get, yeah, pretty much. Anyway. Moving on. Yeah, so uh, there's an off-screen growl. Yep. And just real quick, they quip that uh, he's like, why don't we just get you to 50 first? And she's like, I'm liking that plan.
1: Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you guys are late. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Water, usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. What? A desk. Cut to Buffy's house where she's doing some homework like a good little student. And Joyce walks in. Oh, Joyce is in this episode. Yeah. I forgot about that. Very briefly. And Joyce walks in and is like, Why didn't you tell me? Buffy thinks that she means that Buffy is wearing her earrings. But no. (laughs) No. We have ourselves a small red fish. Ooh, a magenta tadpole. That's not a fish. It's a baby frog. What? Ah, fuck. Minnow. Minnow. Magenta minnow. There it is. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So Magenta minnow! Because it's not the earrings that she is questioning, it's the fact that Buffy got into Northwestern University.
0: Yeah, and Joyce immediately uh, begins to ignore any concerns that Buffy has about, you know, hey, maybe she should uh, pay attention to being the Slayer and not going to school because it's kind of literally her destiny what i mean yeah it's crazy talk right
1: that never happens Joyce (laughs) never doesn't pay attention to buffy i know right she's only like the lead character of a tv show or something yeah i mean get some fucking self-awareness there joyce realize you are in a tv show that's just silly i mean do you realize that you're not in a tv show excuse me no you're not
0: I'm gonna have to ask you to settle down, Rex. You're
1: not in a TV show.
0: You're you're being irrational. <laughs> I understand you're upset. You keep having these emotional outbursts and I don't understand them. That's okay. Put it no. on that list that you burn every time you <laughs> every time you take your meth pills. They're not meth pills. Oh yeah, tell it to the judge. Mr. I've got a subscription cause I have brain problems. <laughs> <A>
1: subscription.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not a fucking magazine. I mean, it should be.
1: (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I subscribe to Meth Addicts Anonymous. Joyce is super, super excited about her going to college. We're talking about Adderall, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, I I take Adderall. We're
0: not meth heads.
1: Our teeth are in fairly good shape. They are, in fact. But yeah, Joyce is super excited that Buffy is going to college. But Buffy is not as excited. She does want her earrings back, though. Yeah. She did notice. She calls Buffy's aunt to tell him about Buffy going to school because her aunt lives in Illinois. Yeah. Hey, Buffy, as if it wasn't bad enough that I have
0: absolutely no sympathy, empathy, or concern for your feelings, I'm also going to, you know, blabber about it to other family members and drag them into it, too. That way we can <laughs> gang up on you at holidays. Yeah. Holiday gatherings and stuff. And to the school day. Snyder is conducting an illegal search and seizure of bag lunches.
1: Yeah. Because he's looking for your meth, Rex. Apparently. Yeah. Student hands another student his lunch. Luckily. Snyder walks up and says, what's in the bag? <laughs> uh, my lunch. Oh, is that the new drug lingo? <laughs> yeah, because you're no. so you're so hip, Mr.
0: Snyder. You're so with it.
1: Okay. <laughs> I should have expected you to do that, but I didn't. And I nearly snorted my beer. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. Yeah. All
0: right. And we're so hip and with it because we're still making fucking Austin Powers references.
1: Well, it, it works out because this is a 90s show it, yeah. podcast. It, so most of the people...
0: Yeah, well, hopefully you saw it in the 90s because you were there in the 90s and anyway, you know how out of here's a frame of reference for how out of touch Austin Powers is today. There was an episode of Frasier that made fun of Frasier's dad for still making Austin Powers quotes. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: How long's <laughs> Frasier been off the air? Are you fucking
0: over a decade.
1: When the fuck did Austin Powers come out? I have to fucking Google this shit. Austin Powers 2 took place in 97. I'm pretty sure. No, Austin, the first one was 97. Oh, the second one might have been 99. Yep, the second one was 99 and the third one was 2000. Holy shit. I know, right? So, Seth Green was in Austin Powers before he was in Buffy. Oh my god, was he? Yes, he wasn't in the first season. Oh weird. That's so weird. That is blowing my goddamn mind right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh there sorry, is sorry, that is blowing my Keanu damn mind right now. <laughs> whoa. Um Yeah, no shit. Fucking whoa. So Snyder's <laughs> a tool. He opens
0: the bag and Odo's like, ha ha! I'm not drugs, but you can still take me. He's like, Oh you know that's right, Odo. I take you every night. With a big old
1: glass of water. <laughs> now run along, you little troll. <laughs> I'll get you. So we pan over to see the Scoobs hanging out. And they're talking about Buffy getting into college. And how, obviously, Buffy can't fucking leave and go to college. And her mom is in obvious denial of that. Obviously, Willow's super excited because Willow got into everywhere. <laughs> like... Literally, I like this because she says that she got into Oxford and Buffy's response is, that's where they make Gileses. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was... It was cute. It was very cute. Mm-hmm. It's like, now I want a little pull-string
0: doll of Giles. And what would he say? <laughs> I don't know. Now put those back, you see. No, that would be Wesley. Oh, yeah. Um, you need to pay more attention to... Being a slayer or something. I don't know. Anyway, so Xander's reading his book by Jack Kerouac, which is called On the Road.
1: This is a famous book, actually.
0: Yes, quite famous, which was about basically the original hipsters and uh, hippie movement where, you know, it's pretty much, it sounds like it, like I've never read it, but it sounds like it's where everybody gets that quintessential idea of uh, jumping on a gutted school bus and riding around the country. In it right. for, like, years and just living that way. Yeah. Even though nowadays, like, that still costs fucking money. Gas yeah. ain't cheap. Nowadays, you
1: can't fucking do that shit. Drugs ain't cheap. Where are you getting them drugs? But, you know, the the Scoobies all make a, a joke at his expense, and he's like, Oh, go ahead and mock me. Oz says, What? She just did. <laughs> Xander replies, We bohemian anti-establishment types have always been persecuted. And Oz replies, well, sure. You're always so weird. So Cordy steps in and holy shit, man, she is pissed about something. Well, as Xander says, oh, look who opened a fresh can of venom today. Yeah, seriously. And um, yeah, this can of venom isn't just any ordinary can of venom. It's a fucking extra goddamn strength can of venom. Yeah. She uh, is extra harsh.
0: She's out to fucking kill today. But, I mean, she starts off by tearing into Xander. He's like, well, I'm gonna go find myself. And she's like, and help us lose you. Everyone's a winner. Hey. That's just good old-fashioned positive thinking right there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's what we'll call that.
0: So Cordelia's, uh, I don't know, for some reason attacking Willow even. And that is a rarity. Yeah assuming that willow didn't get into any of them but she did get into like every one of them and she's like and yale is just a dumping ground for those who didn't get into harvard and willow's like i got into harvard
1: yeah she got into fucking course she got into harvard yeah
0: anyway so cordy fucks off
1: it's like i don't even understand why she came over in the first place willow even says something to xander about why does she push cordy's buttons he said Something along the lines of, I don't know, she just gets under my skin and, you know, it's in, it's in my nature. And she even says under her breath, maybe you should get a better nature. Oh, yeah. And the whole time during this exchange between Xander and Willow, the camera's on Buffy. And Buffy's looking into the middle distance. Mm-hmm. You know, sad sad piano going on in her head. And Willow feels obligated to
0: try and, you know, make Buffy feel better and excuses Cordelia's actions as, oh, she's just being Cordy. And I'm like, Mm. I I get that she wants Buffy to feel better because she's being a good friend, but there's no excuse for Cordy at this point.
1: Oh, God, no, definitely not. Then we cut to the library where Buffy is talking to Wesley and she's basically pitching to Wesley how she could go to college at Northwestern. It's like, oh no, I forbid it. I dare say that can't happen. No, there are too many important things here. Yeah, his precise line is, by the power invested in me by the council, I forbid it. He does this like fucking cross hand motion thing yeah, over Yeah, whatever his the hell arms. that
0: like, was. Some like, little, what? I swear he probably just made that up on the spot. Right. Some little fucking Boy Scout. It's like a Boy Scout salute thing. Oh, and Giles' response mm. is, oh, that should settle it.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. But Buffy's whole perspective on this is she wants to be more proactive, she wants to attack the mayor and not just fucking wait around for him to do something which is brilliant yeah no it's just all-around kind of a good idea
0: so giles is talking to buffy he's like what's your plan and buffy's
1: like i gotta have a plan really i can't just be proactive with pep no don't get me wrong buffy we enjoy the proactive with pep <laughs> yeah yeah You do need a plan.
0: But remember, kids, (laughs) all the confidence in the world can't make up for a lack of competence. Yes. Or preparation, for that matter. Yes. Yeah, don't forget the three P's that Wesley brought up the first day that he was here. Preparation, preparation, preparation. That's actually just one word. It is. Three times.
1: I think preparation, pep, and what should the third P be? Publicity? No, no, that Mm. doesn't make sense. They're the, they're the slayers. They don't want to. They don't want publicity. Pewter, Pew- uh, pewter doesn't help. Uh, Palm olive. What the fuck is soap gonna do?
0: Um, plenum. 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 The, the space. Plenum? Be- the space between a drop ceiling and a real ceiling. Plenum. Uh, that that's actually the word for that. That actually is. Yes, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> We got to the airport. That's do you get for fucking
0: asking me <laughs> to come up with a fucking P word off the top of my head.
1: We get to the airport and there's a plane. There's a P word for you. Hey. Landing at the airport and a Mr. Snake Face tattoo comes out. So what we decide it was? Preparation, peanuts, and pep. 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 Not peanuts. Okay. Pap. Pep. Pep. Because if you don't have pep, what's the point of anything else? Sure. So there's... Party favors! So there's peanuts on an airplane, and, uh... Out of the the airplane steps a snake-faced tattoo man. Yeah. Because he had a giant snake
0: tattooed on his face. He did. That's probably the only reason they hired him as an actor, because I was disappointed with literally every other aspect of him.
1: It looked like a real tattoo. Yeah. It definitely was a real tattoo, I think. Probably was. So he walks up to the limo. And there's a vampire standing there. So Snake Face Tattoo Man it gets really, really pissy about the mayor not being there because he promised he'd be there. He doesn't like surprises. But surprise! Faith shoots
0: him in the back with an arrow. Hey, she figured out how to use her bow. Right? Yeah, She's it only took her like wrong. a month. She's still holding it wrong. <laughs> Just and I completely expected this guy to dust and he never did.
1: And the vamp he he wasn't a vampire.
0: He wasn't a vampire, but there was a vampire that was talking to him, and he's like, hey,
1: you killed him. And she just looks at him and goes, what, are you the narrator? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that line. I'm going to use that line from now on. I love it when the writers write into the script how bad their writing is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to use that line anytime somebody blatantly tells me something obvious that everyone knows. Or maybe...
0: Or maybe that was one writer trying to tell another writer subtly that he sucks. Because there's always there, a There's team. my head cannon. <laughs> there's always a team of writers.
1: Anyway. Um, but yeah, he, Faith cuts off his hand. Because he's
0: handcuffed to the box. And he's like, well, that won't cut through steel. Derp-a-derp-a-derp-derp. And she's like, oh, it'll cut through bone, though. And I'm like, I don't think it
1: will, but let's just say that it will. Cut to the mayor's office. Yep, where Buffy is staking out in the bushes and actually doing a pretty decent fucking job at it for once. Not wearing the most obvious trench coat and sunglasses, standing there staring at them. Standing
0: in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Now she finally found some good cover. So she sees Faith go into the city hall or whatever the building is. She gets up to the office and the mayor is quite pleased.
1: As Faith made an offer to him, he couldn't survive
0: yeah she's very punny very punny today he tries to pay her a compliment and it goes very she doesn't take it the right way yeah he says if buffy summers walked in here and said she wanted to switch to our side i'd say no thanks sister i've got all the slayer one man could ever need <laughs> oh God, that's fucking creepy i love it.
1: <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> I think that's one of the things I like the most about the mayor is he's so fucking pleasant. It's creepy. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's his whole shtick. But yeah, Faith has all bent out of shape because, oh, you mentioned the B word. And he has to backtrack and like, you know, protect her from getting
0: all butt hurt, And, and then she tries to open the box and he's like, oh, shit. No, you don't. don't. We do don't. That. We don't do that here. Okay. Yeah. It's not like that. okay so out back outside buffy's uh, beating up the vampire driver dumbass dude
1: interrogates him about what the box is you
0: killed him like the fucking guard from the wizard of oz
1: you killed her and then cut to the library where she explains to everyone else that it's the it's the box of gavrock yeah which is a source of power that the mayor has to consume come A-Day. A-Day. I liked that they called it
0: A-Day yeah. for Ascension Day. Yes. You know, it's like D-Day, but it's A-Day. So instead of doing things with your D, you're doing things with your A. A! Don't touch my A. A! Anyway, on that one. Like the Fonz. Sometimes
1: you get graphic and it's disturbing. <laughs>
0: All I said was letters, Rex. Jeez. I know you too well. Are you scared of the alphabet now? What's going on?
1: <laughs> I just love the family circus. That, 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 PJ. E.J. Voice talent? That, 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 PJ. Longer than you can imagine. Everyone, everyone, everyone's a winner, win, winner, winner, winner. Never have the channel, never have the channel.
0: Everyone, everyone, everyone's a winner. That's Sunshine and Roses. <laughs> it really is. So Giles brings some maps and stuff. Yeah, hearkening back to Buffy's quip about, oh, man, I thought you meant like a plan with like maps and stuff. So this time he brings
1: maps and stuff. I fucking love this little bit here because they just immediately throw a plan together super fast and efficiently. And Wesley keeps trying to fucking put his two cents in, but they just walk right over him. So
0: what I find mostly impressive about this scene is is that it's not so much that they're putting together the plan so quickly and efficiently and effectively, but it's almost like they're stepping on top of Wesley just as a big ol' fuck you to him at the same time.
1: Right. It, it's definitely purposeful.
0: I'm not sure they would have put the plan together quite so quickly
1: and efficiently had Wesley
0: not been there.
1: Right. My favorite part, though, is that... He decides he's got to throw a hissy fit. Yeah. He's like, I'm in charge here. <laughs> now,
0: see here, I'm the I, whatever that thing is that you call I'm the watcher. I watch you. You don't watch me. I don't watch high schoolers unless they're Cordelia, in which case I watch very much and I feel bad, uh, but, but not, not bad enough to not do anything. And uh, see here, we're going to make a plan. And it's going
1: to revolve around me, you see. Me. Not you. Me, 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 me. He does make a valid point, though, in that there would be magical defenses around the box.
0: Yes, that is his one contribution that is not completely trodden
1: upon. Which brings about one of my quotes of the day. Exchange between Xander and Willow. Willow volunteers to join the party to stop the magicalness. Buffy's like, oh, it'll be dangerous. And Willow says, hey, I eat danger for breakfast. And Xander replies with, but oddly enough, she panics in the face of breakfast foods. Does she, though? No, but that's the joke. She eats danger. She panics at breakfast. I didn't get it during the episode. I don't get it now. She eats danger for breakfast. Yeah. So she's not afraid of danger. Sure. But breakfast foods, which you normally eat for breakfast terrify her So
0: because okay. the breakfast
1: food terrifies her she eats danger instead all right wow that was i don't understand how you didn't pick up on that that's even kind of almost your sort of humor
0: it should be i think it was too simple i like my humor complicated
1: yeah i mean that. that's fair <laughs> just honestly. like my relationships <laughs> <laughs> You don't choose the complicated relationship life, Josh. The complicated relationship life chooses you. Yeah. My favorite part here is when Wesley's trying to take the book
0: with the with the spell in it that Giles is. Hang on, we don't know what such a ritual re- would require, and Giles is like, oh, I-, I think the breath of atrophy is v- or something, or other is standard for this sort of thing, and he just hands the book straight to Xander. Yep. Uh, and Xander's, he's like, I know I'm ingredient getting guy. Yeah. And it's just hilarious. Cause just that little extra fuck you to Wesley handing the book straight like, to Xander. You
1: don't even get to fucking look at you. Look, you don't even get to fucking look at it. You get. Yeah. Yeah. You get.
0: <laughs> <love> ha <that> Word. <laughs> Take that. I love that word.
1: Back. I hope get isn't like secretly. Like, super po- problematic of an insult? No, I'm fairly certain it's not. Certainly not as bad as bloody. Bloody is a problematic insult?
0: In in the UK, it's basically the same as saying fuck. You didn't know that?
1: Well, I knew that, but I I didn't think it was like a problematic insult. Well, it's just, it's not appropriate for, it's not like something you'd say at an interview. Okay. You okay. know, or in polite so- company. So it's an it's considered an extreme curse not not that it's problematic. Okay. From
0: what I understand, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's hey, what I've heard.
1: We have English fans. Yeah, let us know. Several from the UK, you should call us and let us know the nuances of English cursing. If we haven't completely offended you yet with my impressions
0: of Wesley, <laughs> and my earnest attempts at doing the giles voice
1: oh man hey at
0: least i'm not doing an earnest impression of Ernest doing a giles voice could you go that deep i'm not sure i could honestly well
1: you probably could but if you go that deep could you ever come back from that (laughs) yeah It's, (laughs) it's like jim carrey
0: not being able to come back from being andy kaufman yeah. Yeah, that's a special on Netflix that you should watch if you haven't. I forget what it's called, but it's the one with Jim Carrey, yeah, about being Andy Kaufman,
1: which really it's more or less just about Jim Carrey being a giant prick.
0: Yeah. But it it was one of those times when being a giant prick worked because he was also doing that one thing in theater and film that people can't not respect and that's staying in character. An inordinately large quantity of time.
1: Personally, I find it dumb.
0: Yeah, I was never a fan of that either. And I fucking majored in acting. So, yeah.
1: Anyway. So, cut to downtown with the ingredient getting guy. And the ingredient getting guy sees Cordy in a clothing store. And ingredient-getting guy is actually wearing a shirt that fits him for a change.
0: Yeah, this is when we start to see that he can dress himself properly. And he's not wearing shit that's like so baggy that it literally looks like he found it in a triple X bin at a large and tall shop. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just he, he that is not his size. Yeah.
1: Anyway, he sees Cordy and he's like, oh, look. There's Cordy in the store. I'm going to have to go fuck with her. Yeah, what fucking store was that? It was some clothing store.
0: Okay, it was, it was actually a clothing shop. Yes. Not just...
1: You know, it, looks anyway, like
0: a, it looks like a fancy clothing store. And, one of them super fancy places yep, that most and, normal people can't afford.
1: Right, and Cordy is looking at a fancy, fancy dress. It's actually quite a nice dress. Uh-huh. It's very silvery very nice dress and he the dumbass that he is thinks that the reason that she was down on absolutely everyone else about college is she didn't actually get in anywhere that's why she's all angry
0: sure which now we she's smarter than that academically at the very least oh yeah we know that he should have fucking known that But honestly, I think he was just butthurt over their previous conversation and he just stepped in for a quick insult swap, which frankly is practically sex for these two anyway. Yeah. They might as well just still be dating.
1: Well, considering how their fucking relationship worked out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. His plan completely backfires, though. Yeah. She disproves to him really quickly
0: that she got into at least four really reputable colleges and then he implies that it's only because of her daddy's money, so she takes serious offense to that. We're not exactly sure why at the moment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we all know that school is just a financial gatekeeping society anyway That's yeah, that all us poor people are ruining by demanding affordable education, so...
1: But Xander says, there's some American politics for you, fans of Beer with Buffy outside of the U.S. Yeah. Oh, did shit just get too
0: heavy? <laughs> Excuse me. Xander, upon leaving, flings one last fairly decent insult in her face to protect his honor from earlier. Because He's like, sure. If you'll excuse me, I have to go back to helping to save some lives. Carry on. I know you have some important accessorizing to do.
1: But she looks pretty fucking down, and we don't know why, but she's...
0: Yeah, she is down for the count. She's down and out.
1: Ding, 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 ding. Round over, Rex. Who fucking won this fight? Cordy still won. <laughs> I mean, Xander walked in to try and like regain his pride, but he was just fucking wrong. And his last little quip was stinging her once before she fucking ate him, kind of thing. Like he was already like down and bleeding.
0: Yeah, but she started it. She didn't need to come over and fuck with the entire Scooby Gang no, that, earlier. That is
1: definitely fair.
0: Anyway, but it was still immature of him to continue the fight.
1: When I say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but I've um, learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator?
0: Cutting to the parking lot, where Giles and Wesley are dropping off Buffy, Willow, and Angel in a big, black,
1: discreetly marked van. And much to Wesley's sadness, no one else has a watch to synchronize with him. That's so
0: sad. Do you suffer from lack of watch sadness? (laughs) Do you lay awake at night going, damn it, I wish I had a watch, but I don't? I have a watch. Do you check your freckles and arm hairs regularly going, man, it's too bad I don't know what time it is and am unable to time anything, let alone synchronize with other people? If you, Rex, (laughs) are one of those sad, lonely fuckers, well, then shut up about it and get a fucking
1: watch already. (laughs) I do look at my wrist quite a bit when I forget to put my watch on in the morning. I did that for a while, but I haven't worn a watch for years and I'm over it. So yeah, Willow, Buffy, and Angel go on in. Quick cut to the library where Oz and Xander are doing a magic. (laughs) They're prepping the spell pot. Yep. And Willow made a help, uh, helpful sheet of instructions with diagrams. With diagrams specifically. And you know how you can tell which stick figure is Oz? Well, I'm pretty sure it's because he's the one with the little guitar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't Xander pick up on that?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, because of all those times you played guitar? Yeah, remember that one episode where you were faking guitar in your dream at the beginning?
1: Yeah, Yeah. she must have been thinking of that, Xander. But they can't tell the difference between Sage and Toad. And let me tell you, I've seen Sage. There's no way that you could look at Sage and go, this might be Toad. I'm glad I let you tell me that, Rex, because otherwise I wouldn't have known. You know, just pointing out the obvious, narrating.
0: So Oz quips, nobody like my willow. Xander's like, no, sir, there is not. I always, I always enjoy these little scenes where we get to see private interactions between Xander and Oz. We don't see yeah. them uh, hanging hanging out all that much, and things have been awkward since Oz and Cordy caught Willow and Xander making out.
1: But it really does show how solid Oz is as an individual because he he's forgiven Xander, he's forgiven Willow. He's he is. very you know, zen, and they still can bond over the fact that they're this woman they both love they care about her a great fucking deal yeah and also i think oz
0: does enjoy xander's antics oh yeah xander's entertaining like he's he he calls himself dumb and i think just because he's not really particularly able to concentrate on academia the way everybody else is he's not dumb he's very clever exactly, exactly anyway so we cut back to the roof Where Angel flips open this skylight as if they're built
1: for emergency covert entry. Because they're built for emergency covert entry. Are they really? Do they really do that? No. I don't think that's a thing. It's not, but these obviously were. Because they're like, you know what, guys? We're building this building in Sunnydale. And you know what Sunnydale (laughs) has? Reasons for emergency covert entry. We, we should prepare for emergency covert entry. Now, see here, this is going to be the central plot point of a
0: very popular television show in the 90s at some point, And we definitely need some really shitty architecture and designs of things that make absolutely no sense, but are really good for
1: storytelling. And the mayor decides that the place they're going to put the box is in the room that has a skylight. Yeah, directly
0: underneath that skylight. Yeah, And honestly, not even really all that far. I feel like they could have grabbed it just by dangling Buffy down by her ankles. She could have just grabbed it. (laughs) Right. But no. Lord knows Angel's strong enough to do
1: that. Oh, he is. Yeah, and they show him... I'm sorry, Keanu knows Angel's strong enough to do that. Yeah, and before we get ahead of ourselves, Willow sprinkles some what looks like ashes of some sort on the the chest and discovers that magical talcum like powder yeah magical talcum powder uh-huh sprinkles it over it and chants some quasi latin i like to think of it as a bunny
0: that has been incinerated
1: that poor bunny
0: you can put that on your bottom smooth as baby
1: that's awful
0: they call it bunny bottom
1: oh that's why it's so soft <laughs> it's <laughs> damn right Anyway, she (laughs) sprinkles the magical talcum powder onto the box to reveal that there's a magical force field that she does away with by chanting some quasi Latin BS at it. And she's a badass because she pulled it off and then she goes away. And then Buffy enters the room a la Mission Impossible. Very Mission Impossible. They got the, the fucking... They get
0: this rope and pulley system set up really quickly. And where do you get one of those swivel cord flippy thing harnesses? At the
1: Swivel Cord Flippy Harness Store. Oh. Yeah, the one just down on the corner here. Yeah, Swivel Cord Flippy Harness R Us. Huh. That's a
0: good call. I wonder if they're open at 3 a.m. Hey, I'm going to go check real quick. Hey Rex, I found one of those flippy cord Shit. <laughs> flippy cord uh, swivel cord swivel cord flippy harness things here how much was it (laughs) i traded a bottle of bunny
1: bottom for it (laughs) yeah full circle woo (laughs) You, you know what you can do with a swivel cord flippy harness um kinky sex I mean, yes, but you could also break back into the swivel cord flippy harness store. And steal the rest of the <laughs> swivel cord flippy harnesses. Yes. Fantastic.
0: Why didn't I think of that earlier? God damn, that's a fucking tongue twist. Is, is there anything you can't steal with a swivel cord flippy harness? <laughs>
1: Certainly not this fucking box. And they can't steal the box with the swivel cord flippy harness because it gets jammed. That was the rope's fault. I blame Angel. I blame Angel because immediately he should have he grabbed the rope under the fucking pulley and just pulled her up by the rope. Or, you know, maybe gotten a little distance so he
0: could get some torque on that yeah, shit. Yeah, seriously. Like, your mechanical skills are
1: wanting, sir. But she picks up the box and an alarm goes off. Angel jumps down as two vampires come in to fight him. They fight the vampires. They fight. It's not that great of a fight. There was one cool badass part, though, because Buffy's still on the swivel cord flippy harness. Yeah. And she does a flip kick thing on the swivel cord flippy harness to kick a vampire. And it's fucking sweet.
0: Well, they had to use it for that to pay for the swivel cord flippy <laughs> harness rental fee.
1: Exactly.
0: Otherwise, it wouldn't have been worth it at all. <laughs> so they
1: fight they fight they fight there's a little bit of a running through the hallway scene hold on though in the fight they get out of the room in the best way possible they flip a fucking table on top of them oh yeah a fucking they're vampires and the table stops them for a moment Uh, there's a table on top of <laughs> us I am the knight
0: <laughs> but this table is quite heavy yes <laughs> we're not movers for Christ's sake <laughs> we just drink blood Come on
1: Turning into vampires only gave us kung fu powers They didn't give us move table powers
0: <laughs> It's not called table foo. It's called kung fu Alright We should figure out what kind of deal this is I mean is it a gathering a shindig Or a hootenanny Well gathering is brie Mellow song stylings Shindig dip Less mellow song stylings per perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hoot nanny. a well, Chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. It doesn't take them long before they crawl out from under this table. No. And they're chasing them through the hallways. And Buffy and Angel make it out the front. And as promised, Giles and Wesley drive off the van to create a diversion The vampires think that Angel and Buffy are in the van. They chase the van. And I'm assuming don't catch the van. Angel and Buffy escape by running the other direction. But, oh shit, cut to the mayor's office. Faith caught Willow. Yeah. Which the second they said, all right, Willow, go home now. I was like, that's not a good idea.
1: The very next scene, after it's revealed that they kidnapped Willow, It cuts to the library and Buffy isn't happy, of course, that Willow's been captured. And she's like talking about whose fault it is kind of. And then she's like, "Okay, no, it's nobody's fault. But I actually do believe it is Giles and Wes's fault because the fucking plan was that after she got rid of the fucking magical circle thing with her fucking bunny talcum powder. (laughs) she was her fucking job was to go down the fucking ladder and back to the van and the fact that she didn't show up back at the van means the plan got fucked up somewhere and giles and wesley did not react to that
0: yeah i don't understand how buffy and angel weren't able to kill those two vampires for as long as they fought them they can't have been that good right it took less time to kill mr trick
1: and honestly who why the hell wouldn't they have had stakes with him in the first place yeah we already know that the mayor and they know this very well that the mayor uses vampires as henchmen Uh uh-huh fucking bring stakes uh-huh we know that buffy usually has mr pointy on her Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. So yeah, anyway, Buffy's not happy that Willow's been caught and she decides that she is going to trade the box for Willow. But Wes has something to say about this. Now here, here, create a good blah, blah, blah. We have the means to destroy this box. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And everyone's arguing and shit, but I, my favorite bit is the whole fucking scene Oz doesn't say a goddamn word. Mm-hmm. But as they're all arguing, he calmly stands up, walks to the other side of the room, and throws the fucking vase pot thing across the goddamn room shattering it. Well,
0: throws it is a vast understatement. He hucks it like there has never been a decision that he was so fucking sure of in his
1: life. Yeah. Oz is like, hey, guys, your argument? Fucking moot. He doesn't say a word in this scene, though. Nope. It's all physical acting. And god damn, he does it well. And while
0: Wesley had kind of a good point, he's like, hey, guys, we can save thousands of lives for sure by destroying this box, but we'll lose Willow most likely, probably. But everyone else is like, yeah, we're willing to take that risk. Fuck off. Or not willing to take that risk. Here's
1: the number one reason why Wesley's point is fucking bullshit. Because they have proven as a group time and time again that the individual members of the group are so fucking important to the fight. Over and over again, they've proven that each individual within the Scooby gang is vital, vital to combating this whole fucking thing. Yeah. And sacrificing any individual in that group will fuck up the team to a point where they won't fight, be able to fight the next big guy. Yeah, and then it's useless, and
0: they're not going to be as effective in what they do. Absolutely. So you're right. And no, Oz... (laughs) Oz made absolutely the right choice, and it shut Wesley up really effectively. It
1: shut everyone up yeah everyone was fucking stunned in silence it was a fun moment so we cut
0: back to the city hall so willow's locked in and she's rummaging through shit she's obviously trying to figure out some sort of plan to escape or protect herself and creepy vamp number 18 comes in to check on her and he's like
1: hey what are you doing that fucking number 18 yeah he's such a prick he is he's always gotten bad job reviews <laughs> so willow's line here is oh uh i'm
0: looking for a, a sucking candy because my mouth gets dry when a when i'm nervous or held prisoner against my will
1: yeah me too willow
0: <laughs> so this vampire is like just a taste and i'm like something tells well i don't know the mayor faith and or faith might or May or may not give a shit that he's
1: in there sampling the goods. This is why he gets bad job reviews. Yeah, absolutely. Like, come on, dude. But Willow's got this. You think for a moment, oh shit, what's going to happen? Who's going to save Willow? Well, guess what? Willow fucking saves Willow by killing the bastard with a pencil. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because we already know that she can do that levitating pencil trick from a few episodes ago. And if she can fucking
1: impale a tree, she can kill
0: a vampire. She can damn well impale a vampire. And she does, and she did, and she gets out of the room, and she's sneaking around the hallways of the mayor's- of City Hall, where the mayor's office is.
1: And she almost gets caught for a moment by Faith and the mayor, but she manages to hide- and gets to hear a whole bit of how the mayor is comparing Buffy to a dog. He's, he says, a
0: dog's friendship is stronger than reason. Stronger than its own sense of self-preservation. Buffy's like a dog. And hey, before you can say Jack Robinson, you'll get to see me kill her like one. I'm like, okay. So, but he's basically just saying that it's extremely predictable that they'll come back for Willow because they're so unreasonably attached to her. Yeah. That's all he's really saying. I mean
1: they're not really wrong.
0: Yeah, and he's absolutely right. Uh it's not necessarily a weakness though. Cause they know it's a fucking trap. Oh yeah. It's and true. also it gets him his box back in the long
1: run. Right. Or the short run. They they go on by, they don't notice Willow. Willow comes out and goes by the mayor's office, decides to fucking just search through the mayor's office and gets into his voodoo creepy magic cabinet. Yeah,
0: Willow needs some rum out of a shrunken human skull and I can't blame her. No. She's in a very stressful situation.
1: Well, if you can't have a sucking candy, why not booze? <laughs> yeah, damn right.
0: <laughs> yeah, this isn't sucking candy with Buffy. This no. is beer with Buffy. This is alcohol with Buffy, all right? So, thank you Willow. Yeah. Okay, she's not drinking. She's reading the books of Ascension. She's having a nice little
1: study sesh right there in the mayor's office. I fucking love that she has a perfect opportunity to escape, but she doesn't escape. She's going to read some fucking books. She sits down and studies.
0: I'm dating. I'm having serious dating
1: with a werewolf, and I'm studying witchcraft and Like a drug. And, of course, Faith catches her and berates her for being a, bur- a bookworm that sits down and studies instead yeah. of running away. She pretty much says what we were all thinking, like, why didn't you just fucking take the books and run?
0: Yeah. Or at least one of them. Yeah. You know? I mean, okay, that's those are big
1: fucking books. It'd be kind of hard to run with five of those. Uh, yeah, that is, that is a very fair point. Uh, but... Willow goads Faith into hitting her, and Willow takes the hit? Like, Faith must have really had to have pulled that punch. It looked like it hurt like a motherfucker.
0: Yeah. It, like, tossed her across the room a bit. But Willow fucking stands back up? Doesn't even appear bruised later that I can recall. I mean, I've been punched in the face twice.
1: That shit is painful i don't know how many times i've been punched in the face yeah i know anyway so
0: willow really goes for the throat on faith here she says she's got this really kind of awesome speech uh which even she said something similar an episode or two ago to buffy when buffy was worried about faith and uh or about angel being into faith And we know that Willow has zero respect left for Faith and has been just completely done with Faith for a while. Long before
1: everyone... She was the first to be done with
0: Faith. Yeah. And this is where she gets to fucking tell her to her face about it. And even Faith wasn't expecting this. But she says, it's way too late. You know... It didn't have to be this way, but you made your choice. You know, you had a tough life. I know that some people think you had a lot of bad breaks. Well, boo-hoo. Poor you. You know, you had a lot more in your life than some people. I mean, you had friends in your life like Buffy. Now you have no one. You were a slayer, and now you're nothing. You're just a big, selfish, worthless waste. And that's, that's when the punch comes. And Faith has such a weak response. She's like, you hurt me, I hurt you. And Willow's like, oh, and I thought you just didn't have a comeback, which was fantastic. (laughs) Anyway,
1: so the mayor comes in and actually kind of sort of bails Willow out here. Yep, because they've called the mayor. The Scoobies have called the mayor and have offered up to trade the box. Yeah. And so then we, uh, we
0: cut to the cafeteria. Yep. Where we have a show of Scoob's on Lockdown. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, call Ticketmaster and get your tickets. It's going to be an extravaganza. (laughs) Like, you guys, we're totally locked in the cafeteria. (laughs) How are we going to get out? I'm totally freaking out.
1: (laughs) Xander's line as they, they finish locking things up. He says, yeah, gives me that comforting trapped feeling. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Xander's definitely um shaggy. Oh God, yes. <laughs> hey, Oz is Scooby because he's a werewolf. Hey, you're right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's specifically a Great Dane werewolf, I guess, and he's more of a more of an ape, some sort of primate. I don't know. He looks like a monkey when he's a werewolf. Yeah, it's he weird. really does. It looks a like werewolf. a really mean monkey from. <laughs>
1: Congo, Congo, yeah, yeah. It is the lost city movie. of Zinj. Yeah, it's a, I loved that movie too. It's an Awesome book. It like that is my favorite Michael Creighton book.
0: I I wanted to say it's a great movie. It's not a great movie, but it's a fun movie.
1: It is a very entertaining movie. Yes, but the the cafeteria lights go off. Well, first Buffy's point of why they locked everything down except the front entrance is because she wants to see him coming.
0: Yeah. If there's only one way out, then there's only one way in. And
1: that's smart, if you ask me.
0: Kind of, sort of. It's also, like Xander said, trapping them. It's
1: a double-edged sword. The goal here is to get out with everyone. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how many outs you have. You're not going to get out with everyone if shit hits the fan. The lights go out. Xander quips, I guess they're shy? Ha <laughs> The mayor, Faith, and Willow, and two vamps come on into the cafeteria. But this is actually, this scene, the first time the mayor and Buffy have met face to face. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, so a lot of lines go
0: down here. Way too many for us to bother covering specifically. Yeah. But I have a truncated version, and it goes a little bit something like this. The mayor says misogyny 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 fatherly (laughs) advice respect your elders i'll gut you like a sea bass angel and buffy respond (laughs) hey you're wrong and the mayor responds immortality versus mortality condescending appeal to humanity long lost gosh i'm so superior (sighs) fuck it give me the box that's pretty much the whole scene
1: that's impressively accurate thank you
0: and funny yeah I appreciate that. Um, And then Snyder sticks his dick in the pudding. (laughs) Mayor, Thank you, Yahtzee, for that one. Yes, seriously. Nobody's going to want to eat that pudding. It doesn't matter how good you say it is, because you put your dick in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That one will never get old. No, it won't. Oh, yep, because Snyder comes barging in with some... I thought they were police at first, but they're actually just guards. Oh, were they just security guards? Yeah, they're just security guards. Oh, Jesus. Um, later on, when the one gets Yeah, because the police feet. would have
0: known that the mayor was there. They'd have been like, back off. This is official police business.
1: See? <laughs> You're going into she? That. Yeah. Is she here, Sam? The moment Snyder barges in, the mayor kind of slinks back into the shadows... He stays there up until the moment when Snyder is like grabbing the box and about to like open it up and shit and see what drugs are in the box. He's like, all right, what are you kids doing these days? And just as the mayor steps up, one of the guards opens the box and out jumps this Odo, and he's like, "Uh, Quark, I don't think you want to mess around with this one. This, uh, y- yeah, y- you should really probably just go, Quark." <laughs> Uh Because Odo is in the shape of a face hugger spidery looking thing and kills the dude. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to fuck this face really quick. (laughs) Yep. Uh. Uh. If you think about it, face huggers do fuck faces. Uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I couldn't stop thinking about it
0: (laughs) because I'm like, uh. (laughs) look at the placement of how it's wrapping itself around your face. And it lays an egg in your mouth, so it it really does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not just trying to be gross. That's how it works, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite sure that a girl with the talents and abilities of Buffy will land on her
1: feet. In fact, I noticed as I came in this morning that Hot Dog on a Stick is hiring. It will look so cute in that.
0: Uh, but the the spider thing. I'm sorry, we must refer to them as happy
1: little scuttle beans. Scuttle beans? Scuttle beans. The, the first happy little scuttle bean kills the guard and then <laughs> scuttle beans its way off into the darkness. Everyone freaks out and, like, turns around and, oh, where is it? And yeah. what do you think that guard thought was in that box? Drugs, my, apparently. My guess is
0: cookies. He wanted a box cookie. Yeah. He got he, a. He got a happy little scuttle bean He probably thought that they were edibles. (laughs) Well, in scuttle bean box, cookie eat you. Yeah. Anyway. Because the box is now Soviet Russia.
1: Well, where else would something that horrendous go? I don't know, Rex. Stop asking the difficult questions. The scuttle bean scuttles off. Everyone's freaking out. The room collectively shits its pants. And then Buffy's like, hey, everyone be quiet. Scuttle, scuttle, scuttle. And it one jump <laughs> it jumps from the ceiling onto the mayor's face as it tries to inseminate his face. Oh God. Uh, it doesn't inseminate his face though, but it does tear up his face a bit and then it scuttles away and his face heals. Snyder specifically sees his face heal. And just as this happens, another one comes out of the box. So there's two scuttle beans in the room. Yeah, the mayor's like, I wouldn't leave that open. So Buffy runs over, closes the box, just as one jumps on her back, and she just plops over and crushes it. And she clips off the legs of the one that's trying to get out of the box. that poor little Scuttlebean. (laughs) And then the other Scuttlebean scuttlebeans up the wall behind Wesley, and Faith throws her knife and kills it. Uh Uh-huh. Which, why was she protecting Wesley?
0: Well, because I think a part of her is sick of the mayor and wants her friends
1: back. Okay, Maybe. And also, she's not evil. She's overcompensating. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Buffy, after all this, the mayor has the box. And Buffy's like, was that all there was? Are there any more in there? And he says, you know, there's only about like 50 billion of them in here. 50 billion happy little buggos. Ready to make
0: you happy. You need a friend? We've got your friend right here.
1: Yeah. ha 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 so the mayor and his squad all leave faith has to leave the knife behind she's sad about it uh your little I, cheapo catalog renaissance fair klingon knife <laughs> i thought
0: she was standing around like having a moment of regret that she has to go with the mayor i didn't think it
1: had anything to do
0: with her no, knife. she was
1: pointedly looking at the knife she was sad about that knife
0: i mean it's not like she couldn't have walked over there and grabbed it Right? I'm pretty sure that that moment of her being sad was that she had to go with the mayor and couldn't stay
1: with uh, the Scoobies. It might be a very complex emotion. Who knows? But my favorite bit here is Snyder turns around and looks at them and goes, why couldn't you be dealing drugs like normal people? <laughs> so he's holding a chair like it's going to protect him from a scuttle bean. Yeah, he's holding
0: that chair like it's Odo. And it was like, are they going yet? I'm still a chair. It's okay.
1: I'm rubbing your nipples, Quark. I can tell. <laughs> My favorite part is when he leaves, he's still carrying the chair. That's why I look so scared to everybody else. <laughs>
0: really, it's ecstasy.
1: <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> uh. Buffy takes the uh, the knife from the wall, and then we cut to the library, where Willow recaps the events of her kidnapping oh yeah and
0: casually brings up that she was reading the, the books of ascension and Giles is like uh excuse me I'm uh, my interest is piqued and she's like oh I there were a couple pages that I didn't get to read entirely here see what you can make of them and she stole the pages and Giles looked like a fucking four year old on Christmas day seriously yeah or like somebody who just paid off their student loan debt not that I would know what that looks or feels like yeah, I, mean, I have no idea either. <laughs>
1: hey, guys, we need more patrons so we can pay off loans.
0: Either that or get politically active so that we can get student loan debt either abolished or at least made so that we can claim some fucking bankruptcy. Right. And move on with our goddamn lives.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Wesley's still all fucking snide even after she has pages from the books of ascension
0: missy now you see here, there better be something in those pages you see we'll we're right back to where we started even though that's not true at all do you see how stuffy i am it's quite stuffy now you see i'm almost as stuffy as angel is broody
1: and that's impressive that's pretty fucking stuffy yeah cut to outside probably the same day Buffy and Willow are talking, Um, and Buffy is actually becoming resided in the fact that she can't leave.
0: Yeah, she feels
1: more stuck in Sunnydale than I do in Kalamazoo. Well, I mean, she (laughs) is more stuck in Sunnydale than you are here. Right. Because the simple truth is, it doesn't matter how quickly she's able to stop the mayor, because there's always going to be a great evil in Sunnydale. Because it's... The Centrifuge of Evil.
0: But Willow reveals that she decided to stay and go to UC Sunnydale with Buffy. But it's not because of Buffy. It's because she wants to stay and also fight evil. And she wants to be able to study witchcraft and wicca yeah. And that's great. Because now they get to still be friends. And we get to still have a cool TV show with both of them in it. And that's great. Yeah. Then we cut to... Some sort of back room or attic or some shit. Um, I'm assuming it's that clothing store that Cordelia was in when Xander approached her. the
1: back storage room or something.
0: Yeah. And she's looking at that, probably that same dress that she was when Xander walked by. She is, in fact. In a mirror. And then she gets yelled at for not working hard enough because she still needs to sweep out the storage room and stock shelves.
1: Yep, because this is when we learned that Cordy isn't there because she's shopping. She's there because she fucking works there.
0: Yeah. Now, those kinds of fancy clothing stores, they don't hire you if you're not money. But maybe I'm just getting my information from Pretty Woman, the movie. I mean, yeah, you are.
1: (laughs) But, no, the, the simple truth is I could see them hiring Cordy. She was money. She knows the fucking brands and shit. Yeah. She'd be good at that kind of job. She certainly
0: acts like she has money. Exactly. Really well. She did
1: at one point. When did she go broke? um before this episode but this is the first hint we have of it oh oh so we haven't had the reveal
0: no the reveal has not happened yet so that's just starting to happen okay but she did come from money yes okay that's why i was confused i was like are they really trying to tell us that she's actually just been a poor little broke girl this whole time oh please so i was gonna criticize that for being inconsistent with her attitude but that makes more sense and i'm just gonna leave that alone
1: But it it makes a lot of sense because if you think about why Cordy has been so fucking angry at everyone and so mean is she is dealing with a lot of anger towards her situation. Yeah. Again, that makes sense. And we all know that Cordy is not a very emotionally aware person who would be able to understand that she is deflecting that anger at the wrong people.
0: Yeah. uh, Redirecting her anger improperly definitely so then we have our final last little scene we're in the graveyard or a cemetery with buffy and angel and pretty much all it amounts to is they're both like i it sounds like the mayor kind of struck a chord with them when he was giving his little speech about what the hell are you two even doing because one of you is immortal
1: Basically, he repeated the thing that Buffy had started to say in the very fucking beginning of the episode. That she was already really insecure about, absolutely. But but they're like, oh, what does he know? He's evil. Evil! The only lasting relationship he knows anything about is the relationship with evil immortality. and (laughs) And but beyond that, evil! Beyond that, evil indeed. Ger arg. Ger fucking arg. Wow, I think you can take me? Thanks be, Fancy free. Thanks be, Fancy. Thanks be, Fancy free. Thanks, thanks to be. Thanks be, happy fancy free. Whenever like we want. Thanks be, happy fancy free. Whenever like we want. Cuz you and I gonna have fun, you know? How did you feel about this episode, Josh? I felt
0: like this episode was several minutes shorter than normal for a reason because like Wes said at the end of this episode we're right back where we started see and he's kind of not wrong I don't know that I would go that far like what did they really gain from this episode
1: first off they have pages from the books of ascension yes so they they now know more about the ascension and what's going on yep they know what's in the box they know what's in the box What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> is it bacon? It's uh, bacon! No, that was not what I was quoting. Oh. I was quoting the end of the movie Seven. when Brad Pitt's wife's head is in the box. Oh. Oh, God. And Thanks for ruining it. I never saw that movie. So we know what's in the box. We know a little more about the mayor's plan. We also know that there is no redeeming faith at this point. Yeah. And... We know Buffy is more resided in staying there and fighting. From this point on, she no longer has to worry about everyone else running off without her. Because Xander's obviously going to probably still be around. Willow has already agreed to still be around. So the, her core fucking people are going to stay. So she's going to be able to devote herself even stronger at this point to the fight.
0: Yeah. Fair. We definitely brought up an important question regarding Buffy and Angel's future. Yeah, And we've definitely had some fun putting Wesley in his place yet again.
1: Okay, there's not a whole lot of real obvious plot development in this episode, but there is some fantastic character development. Yeah. And there is a lot of foreshadowing to big things going on in the next several episodes.
0: Including even Cordelia which will help explain why she's leaving Sunnydale and ends up winding up with Angel. Yeah, in Los Angeles. I didn't not like the episode. It just felt
1: anticlimactic. Yeah, okay, I can definitely agree with that. It did feel very anticlimactic,
0: which I guess not every episode needs to be edgier seat, thrilling romp through mountain doom, but this one definitely wasn't.
1: The number one thing I liked about this episode, though, is it is a very Willow-centric episode. And more importantly, True. Willow does fantastic in this episode. She has definitely come a
0: long way. Like, she she killed a vampire with magic.
1: Yeah, th- that's her first fucking kill with magic, too. Uh-huh. So that's a big fucking deal. She stood up to faith, took a really heavy
0: punch i don't think we've ever seen her really take any hits like that before no no
1: that was definitely a first
0: um and she took it like a boss too like i wouldn't get in the ring with her at this point but no so the the episode definitely had value and he just had to look for it a little more so i appreciate the episode and i'm just not i remember feeling like i didn't like the episode when it finished but that doesn't necessarily correlate to my appreciation of the episode.
1: Right. And I can understand that because like from the, the climax of the episode and the cleanup, very dull. Yeah. So what was your quote of the day, Rex? I have got to say that my quote of the day is the joke that you did not get right away. Oh, (laughs) and that is, Hey, I eat danger for breakfast. But oddly enough, she panics in the face of breakfast foods. (laughs) Ah, I still
0: feel like that is a stretch.
1: I think it isn't. I like it. (laughs) Maybe it's just my kind of humor, not your kind of humor. (sighs) You know, it's not inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Damn right. Not nearly inappropriate enough. So what's your quote of the day?
0: All right. My quote of the day, Rex, is one that didn't actually get said during our breakdown of the episode, but that I still liked. It's when they're getting out of the van and Wesley's trying to get them to synchronize their watches. And Willow says, maybe we could just count one one thousand 2, one thousand.
1: <laughs> and
0: I'm like, damn, somebody put a quarter in that girl today.
1: Yeah, because
0: that is some just cheeky shit. Someone put a whole $5 in Willow this episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs)
1: And I, yeah, I just, I can't compete with that kind of wit. Somebody, somebody put a whole $5 in the Willow jukebox and just played these boots are made for walking over (laughs) and over and over again. Well, that's kind of the, if
0: that song should really be the theme of this whole episode.
1: Because everyone walks over everyone. <laughs> because
0: everyone walks all over Wesley. Yeah. This whole episode. It's, it's fantastic.
1: It's great.
0: And that's my quote of the day.
1: Yeah. So this has been Beer with Buffy. As always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes. It's the number one way that you can help us grow a show. Uh, if you'd like to support us financially, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. That's a subdomain, everybody. Yes. And you can also support us by buying our merch at store.beerwithbuffy.com. Another subdomain. Yes. And you can contact us via email, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Give us a call. Give us a voicemail at 269-743-0783.
0: You can also text that number.
1: Oh, right, right. I, o- I always forget that people can text that number. Uh-huh. So, yeah, if you text that number, Josh promises to read your text in a funny voice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah, I promised that now. Yeah. I, I wrote it into your contract. It's fine. I never promised that before, but there it is. No, it's in your contract now. Sure. And as always, a special thank you to Ben and Reggie for our transition and opening closing music. This has been Bear with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. Swivel string, flippy
0: harness. (laughs) Swivel string, flippy harness. It's like its own special tongue twister. hard to say.
1: It is. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility and instead of which you enslave yourself to this cult. You don't
0: like the color?
1: (laughs) You have a sacred We've chosen to destroy vampires. Why are we watching this?